Welcome to the Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Podcast. This is the place to be to hear all the latest news and information about the world's finest outdoor ministry network. And now, as always, here's your host, the Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, Mr. Don Johnson. Hi, everybody. L-O-M land. We're so happy to be with you again and so happy to bring to you a very, very good guest and well-known throughout LOM, and that is none other than Kyle Leffler, who's the Associate Director of Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp in Montana on the beautiful shores of Lake Flathead. Mm-hmm. And Kyle is the um, uh, Associate Director, as I said. She is also, she has also been serving as the territory coordinator for the LOM West Territory. In many ways, Kyle is well known. And uh, the, the reason I've asked Kyle to share some stuff with us today is because Flathead Camp has been um, going through, like so many others, going through all kinds of changes and everything like that. They have been dealing with all kinds of protocols to have in place during this time of COVID-19. And it's not like they're the only one. In fact, everybody's had to be doing it and develop new protocols and all that kind of thing. But the reason I invited Kyle is because I thought this would be a good time to have somebody who's been through it just share a little bit about what they've been through, what they've had to be thinking about, and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't think Kyle would attempt to do that as an expert on what we're going to be talking about, but she's doing it as a way of sharing what they've been doing at Flathead and a way of getting all of us talking some more about all the kinds of things we have to be thinking about. So, Kyle, that's by way of introduction for you and what you're doing. And this is what I'm going to ask you to start with, though. Kyle, will you tell us a little bit about your life story and how it is that you ended up being the associate director at Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Don. Um, I have known Don for a long time and met him as a, when I was a teenager and had no idea that I would eventually be in year-round outdoor ministry. <laughs> it's funny how these things happen. So glad to be here with you today. I am from Maryland originally. I grew up on the East Coast in the mountains there and um, have been involved with Camp Bean my entire life. I was baptized at Marley Ridge, which is the Maryland Lutheran camp. Um, my parents didn't have a church congregation just yet, and so they baptized me there in the chapel, um, which was important to my mother already in her life. Um, so right from the beginning of my faith journey, I've been involved in Lutheran camping one way or another. Yeah, and throughout my childhood, I went to Marley Ridge every summer, was completely obsessed with camp, um, <laughs> wrote down all the camp songs in my journal when I came home every summer so that I wouldn't forget them. Um, was definitely that kid who was really, really into their counselors and wanted to be that person when they grew up and through one way or another wound up working at camp then um, for five summers when I was in college. So really, really dug into that role and absolutely loved my time on staff. We went through a lot of seasons of camp when I was a counselor and 
we had some big staffs and some smaller staffs and, and really watched that ministry grow and transform over the years that I was there. It was in a big pivot point and it's time. And that gave me a lot of things, I think, to chew on as I grew and learned more about leadership and camping. Um, and I look back now on all those things and think about how much I learned as a 20-year-old that I didn't know I would need later in my life just yet. But again, it's, these things circle back around. <laughs> so I did that for five years. I culminated as a leadership person, um, teaching our staff and training for a month my last summer. And then I went on to do the Lutheran Volunteer Corps in Washington, D.C. after school. So I served two years there and loved my work. I loved working with the populations I was with. I learned a ton, loved being in D.C., but the summer was always hard for me. I was really not cut out for office life. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) And I would sit in my office and look outside at the trees on our street and miss being outside um, on the mountain in the summer. So I did that for a few years and decided I wanted to try to move out west and try something new. And I applied to camping jobs because I thought, well, I have these skills. Let's see if anybody needs them right now. And I got a call from Flathead a few weeks later. And I took the job and drove to Montana. I had never been here. (laughs) I'd never seen the camp and thought, well, I'll start um, for a year. I was a retreat coordinator my first year. And I have not left now six years later. So (laughs) I just kept growing in my role and um, decided that this was a place I wanted to spend some time and really dig into. And I've been really grateful to learn new things and move up over the years from hosting retreats and coordinating that ministry to our program direction um, and now our associate director. So I oversee all of our year-round programming on site, all of our staff on site, um, payroll, exciting things like that. (laughs) And I'm really grateful to be learning even more every year that I'm here at FLBC. Thank you so much, Kyle. And and that's a fascinating outdoor ministry call story that uh, you've had. And I'm sure that your discernment of call will continue to be on your heart as you go through the years ahead. But um, we're so happy that and thankful that you have been serving in the way you have in outdoor ministry. You, like so many others, have been involved with so much stuff that is unprecedented. We've heard that word unprecedented all the time. And uh, for us in outdoor ministry, that means we have nothing to fall back on. We have no prior experience to fall back on. And one of the times I've been at Flathead was at the um, uh, time when staff orientation week for summer camp was just ending and it was uh, the big banquet for donors and that kind of thing the summer about to begin and i know that um, the the number of people who serve on the flathead summer staff it's a big number and i know that the summer camp for kids uh, is really the dominant program uh, for summer and then all of a sudden you came to a point where you had to decide that you just would not be able to have 
summer camp like you have normally had it. What was that like for you and the others who work at Flathead all year long? And what kind of things were you dealing with in terms of pivoting from summer camp to what you to at least doing some kind of ministry during the summer using those beautiful facilities in that beautiful location? It was a big, long journey, like everyone I'm sure listening to this has experienced just the process of trying to figure out what we could do legally even took a long time this spring. You know, we were totally empty here for three months. Exactly. We were closed for three months. Um, We had a retreat group in, in March and then no one until June. And during that time, we all worked from home. So there were some folks here on site, but a lot of folks who live in town like me, we're not on the property, which was very strange and a little bit disorienting to not come to camp every day. It took a lot of time for us to figure out, um, again, like what the health department would recommend. And we are really fortunate. We have an amazing liaison on our health department um, who was a camper here. And she, from the very beginning, wanted to advocate for camp and figure out how we could figure out the best way to offer something this summer, if that was possible. And she just gave us a ton of advice and helped us work through that whole journey in those three months of, okay, what, what can we do? First of all, what's the morally responsible thing to do? Even if we could be open, was that the right thing? Um, and that was a long conversation. Do we, do we welcome people in youth camping? Do we welcome people in small group camping? Do we not welcome anyone at all in that way and do virtual things? And eventually where we are at in Montana, We came to a point where we were able to have folks on site again and just worked with the health department to figure out that small groups was going to be the kind of optimal idea. I have to give a big shout out to our board of directors and to Margie, um, the executive director here, who's amazing. And they worked so hard for eight weeks to make this decision about what kind of programming we would offer. Um, And yeah, in the midst of that, there was just a lot of uncertainty. And if you've ever supervised anyone, you know that you walk with them through whatever happens in their job. And so we had already hired about 55 summer staff and we um, then had to walk with them as we were discerning and they were discerning like, okay, what do we do? Are, Are they going to come to camp? Can they make that happen this year? Were we allowed to have people from out of state? I mean, it was like every day things were changing and changing. So I spent a lot of time just trying to be a good listener during that time and um, hearing what our staff had to say, hearing what campers and parents were sharing with our board. um, And then really thinking through what's the best way that we can hold people in community and carry out our mission during this strange season. Ultimately, they came to a conclusion. The board voted at the end of June about that we would do small group camping and family retreating, but it was a long process to get, (laughs) to get to this point. And just took a lot of emotional energy. I'd say more than anything to figure out how to be present for people when we didn't know what was going to happen in the long run. So, So Kyle, the work that you have done to get ready, you know, a very short amount of time, for what you are offering for ministry experience this summer. 
And what you're offering this summer by making um, Flathead available for families and for our retreat groups, essentially, does that eliminate some of the work you would have had to do for the fall retreat season anyway? Or in other words, is the work you're doing, what you're offering this summer, are you going to be able to use it in the fall for what would normally be your fall retreat season? Yeah. And I apologize. I said the end of June, the end of May is when we made our decision. So we had about three weeks um, until our staff came. (laughs) And of course, we've been planning the whole time, three different scenarios, but knowing that this was what we were going to do and getting people booked and everything has only been about about a month now. Um, Yeah. And in that time, while we were mapping out our scenarios, okay, what would traditional youth camping look like? Of course, it won't be traditional, but you know, the new version of that. What would small group camping look like? And what would it look like if we couldn't bring anyone on site? We've made all those protocols and scenarios ahead of time for the board to consider. And so we worked really hard to make sure we did have a vision that would look ahead for, okay, what if it's not just this summer that we have to do different things? What if it's next summer too? Okay, we're going to start writing youth camping then. What if we can't open until mid-July, but we can have retreat groups here? How can we plan for that? And um, as it turns out, that sort of retreating plan or that small group, small family plan is what we're using right now. And that will continue into the fall. Montana is currently experiencing a spike in cases as most places are. And so we don't know exactly what the fall will look like yet. We're not sure what, um, again, our county will advise, but we know that if we do have small groups and small retreats, we have a plan for what that will look like. Um, and it will be pretty similar to the summer. The summer has a much more regimented schedule where we're offering programming rather than people coming and doing their own, like a typical retreat. But um, we have it all mapped out for every corner of camp, every program area, all the meals, stuff, um, safety, cleaning, cabins, all that is mapped out. And so that's was a huge crunch of work at the beginning and we're still figuring out all the ins and outs of it, of course, but we feel pretty good about what we're doing and how it's working so far. And that will really help in the fall. Hopefully we can have people. Gosh, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you used a phrase that um, is one of the most common phrases in outdoor ministry right now. We don't know what it will look like a month from now. We don't know what it will look like a week from now. We don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. And so uh, that's been one of the things that's been making it really difficult. But it it sounds like what you have done is run through any number of scenarios that that might have taken place. And even though you planned for what it might have looked like had you done summer camp for kids, you're going to keep your hands on that. Because um, that could be something that would be quite valuable getting ready for next summer of 2021, too. Um, Flathead, you know, you're on the um, bigger end of camps when it comes to programming and when it comes to uh, a number of staff, staff working year-round and that type of thing. You've had the good fortune of being able to have in that three-month period when you were closed down for what you normally would have been doing having staff who could work on all these different scenarios and so forth. Not all camps have uh, are big enough or have enough staff to 
have that kind of, shall we say, luxury. I'm sure you don't consider it a luxury, but would <laughs> would you at Flathead be willing to share material that you've come up with to save others from reinventing the wheel? Definitely. Yeah, we're, we know that we learn so much from other people all the time. So happy to share what resources we can. Of course, everything depends on what county you're in. It's not even states these, you know, lately it's really county to county within a lot of these places. So um, a lot of our protocol is approved. Well, all of it's approved. Some of it was recommended from the health department um, specifically for our county. And so some of that will change and shift, but I'd be happy to share what we're doing as far as meal procedures, which I think will be pretty common across the board, um, how we're taking care of programming details. I mean, we have to think about sanitizing each and every ball and frisbee that gets used once an hour. Every, every detail you can think of has come up as we've been planning this stuff and be happy to share that work that we've done. I knew that that would be your answer when I asked it. And I, <laughs> uh, because I know that Flathead is so totally engaged in the life of LOM. And that's what LOM is all about. It's all of us working together to help each other out and to uh, share from our own expertise and experience so that all of our outdoor ministries throughout the church can be strong and vibrant as as possibly can be. Uh, let, <clears throat> let me ask you another question, though, about staffing. You say you had already hired 55 summer camp staff. Are those 55 staff still with you right now? They are not all here. No. So we went through two phases of our decision-making. And we, at the end of April, decided that we would not do June programming. We weren't sure yet what July and August would look like, but we felt like we weren't ready for June. Um, and our county was, or our state was still in phase one at the time, which meant we couldn't have had anyone from out of state visiting or working without a huge two-week quarantine. Um, and a lot of our campers are from out of state. So right from the beginning, we thought, I'm not sure how we'll balance that. Let's give it a month and, and wait and see. So with that, we unfortunately were not able to pay our staff for that month. And so we just asked that they consider these new stipulations, you know, in an eight-week season instead of 12-week, that we're asking them to stay on site the whole time they're here rather than going out into the community on their time off. And then also to just think really deeply for themselves and discern what they were willing to do this year. And were they able to overcome their own anxieties about the virus to be good servants here? Were they able to commit to the staying on site and, and the less work, that kind of thing? And it kind of worked itself out. Um, I have a lot of grief, obviously, about those staff people not coming to camp, but I also really respect that they decided for themselves that that was either was or was not the right option for them this year. We offered them a renewed contract, basically, an, an addendum to the contract. And um, yeah, we've got 19 awesome people here this summer, and that's about right for what we have volume-wise. I keep counting. It's so funny. Every time the staff are in, our, in a room, I'm like, who's not here? We're missing someone because I'm so used to 65. <laughs> but uh, the 19 people we have are amazing, and they're doing a great job. And it's really been cool to see how God called them specifically to this place in this time with these people to do this work. They're really, really servant-hearted and oriented toward our guests and to camp's mission. And that's really beautiful to see. So I'm I'm super encouraged by that. But 
I had a couple days there where people were saying, you know, we can't come. And, and I'm saying, you know, thank you for your discernment. We appreciate you so much, but it's still a grieving to lose folks um, who are committed in that way. But um, yes, naturally worked itself out. We did not have to let anyone go, which I'm really grateful for. Um, it all worked out by attrition, by <laughs> those who decided um, it was best for them not to be uh, involved under the new arrangement and new job description, so to speak. And, exactly. Um, and there were 19 who felt that uh, that was something they could still be positive about and, um, and feel good about. Uh, so that was a that was a good thing. Uh, you know, if you were um, giving advice to a camp that it might be doing a certain amount of some summer camp this summer and hasn't had a chance yet to think too much about the fall, but they intend to be having um, retreat groups and family groups and things like that. Uh, so if if you were to tick off a few or half dozen or so areas that you would give advice that for them to really start paying attention to in terms of how they're going to handle that. Uh, you've already mentioned a few, but if you could just go through that again, what, what would you say would be the most important areas for them to attend to? Yeah, totally. We have a long history at Flathead of having a really robust family camp every year. Just for a week, it's not the only thing we do, but it happened to be our first week this year. And that was a really good telling of the things that are going to come up and the most specific pieces that we need to work on. Um, and that was just last week. So they're very fresh in my mind. <laughs> um, one thing I think that people really appreciated and needed was that they were given full expectations before they came to camp. We sent out a huge, um, it's probably 12 page packet at this point that includes a welcome letter that's very detailed about what to expect when they arrive at camp as far as um, our distancing expectations the possibility of wearing masks, especially for inside, um, the way that they'll be housed, the way that they'll be staffed and cared for. All that is laid out really specifically. They get a schedule, they get a waiver, and our retreating disciplines, which we wouldn't typically give to summer campers, quote unquote, but because these are small groups that there's a leader for, either a youth leader or you know a parent, we felt it was important that they see that expectation as well. So really clear from the very beginning that this is um, going to be different than maybe what they're used to, that they will be expected for the care and good of the community to, to follow these guidelines. And we've offered that up as a covenant of sorts. So they can opt into agreeing to that for the good of everyone, you know, a promise to our community rather than just like sign here and they'll do it wrong. You know, we want them to have some buy-in into why we're doing this and why it matters. Um, so that's been really, really crucial expectations for sure. Um, when they arrive at camp, we are still doing our hospitality to the best of our ability. <laughs> we want to offer a place that feels friendly for them, um, but safe from the very beginning. So just think about how people are arriving at your site and what their first impressions are going to be. For us, we offer our Sunday treat is always Otter Pops or Freezy Pops. 
And so we're still doing that. But of course, the staff are masked and wearing gloves and um, it just looks a little bit different. But that's the first thing they see is the staff welcoming them, but still caring for them in this new way. Um, and I've heard a lot of feedback that that's been meaningful for people, that they still get a little bit of the camp tradition. But from the very beginning, they're seeing our staff being respectful of our of our protocols. Then when they're here, I think programming wise, getting a really solid plan down about your meal times um, is crucial. We thought a lot about this and talked to the health department a ton about how we would do this. And as we started putting it into practice, we saw there were certain areas that are just not practical for our site. Um, and so we called the health department again and said, can we change this or can we do this slightly differently? And um, now we've got a really good plan mapped out that people can easily fall into. It's not like they have to learn a lot of new things, but knowing exactly what the expectations are of washing their hands, sanitizing when they sit at the table, the server wears a mask, all that kind of stuff is really detailed. So they, they know they're going to get their food. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really good, but they know what to, what to do when they get in there. Yeah. And then with retreat groups, you know, if they're familiar with their site, we love retreat groups, but sometimes they feel like they take over a little bit. Um, you know, they, they feel like they have some ownership, which is awesome, but that can, can turn into, oh, we're just going to use this building today, even though it's not open or it's not for us or whatever. We're going to take every single kayak out without asking if anyone else needs them, that kind of thing. And in this time where we really need to keep track of what surfaces need to be cleaned or not cleaned, um, we have begun locking all of our cabins that are not being used and making sure that there's a process to check out uh, boats or even the life jackets and paddles, um, different cabin spaces. Their staff are working with them really specifically to make sure they know where they're going, what they're doing there um, ahead of time and that they're accompanied the whole time. So if they have questions, there's a person there to help them right away rather than having to call some number and, uh, and get a <laughs> phantom voice that says, oh yeah, you can go in there. I'll be over in 20 minutes or whatever. Having someone there to help them right away has been really, really helpful for us. Just the last thing I was going to offer up is that having our staff be the models for distancing, mask wearing, hand washing, etc., has been huge. And I know that not every camp will have a couple people on their year-round staff. It might be just one retreat host, but having that person use their friendly, outgoing people skills at the same time that they're offering this advice about hand washing and distancing and that they're modeling wearing a mask when they're inside and that kind of thing. Um, again, it's just given our guests license really to feel comfortable. I think that they know that we're taking it seriously. We're not taking shortcuts. And then we are expecting the same of them. And that makes it feel easier for them to, you know, we do our six feet, we, we stretch our arms out and helicopter around and you shouldn't be able to touch anyone. Same kind of thing during retreat season. You're with your group and that's awesome. But just remember, we need to stay six feet apart from another retreat group or from another cohort, make sure we're keeping them safe too, not just focusing on ourselves. So embracing it as something that's at Flathead, it's really cool to wear a mask and to wear the gloves. It's really cool to maintain the distancing. And this is the way we operate here. And um, the staff embraces that. And what you're saying is your experience so far is that um, that, that just goes miles in terms of 
making it um, just part of the culture um, for for when you're having an experience at Flathead. Do you do you have a staff manual twice as big as it used to be now? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely edited. We printed out and gave them each a copy of our entire cleaning standard operating procedures, our whole kitchen and dining hall SOPs, um, a whole new thing on how to take care of kids um, and how to maintain distance there. So yeah, they each got like another additional 50 page packet (laughs) that I'm sure they read every word of, right? (laughs) But um, we reviewed all that in training and we've tried our best to be putting everything in practice immediately because we know some people will learn by reading, but most people will learn by doing Um, and eventually just becomes muscle memory. So from the very first meal, we expected all the staff to help with the sanitizing of the tables and the chairs and the bathrooms following that meal from the very beginning. Um, And we introduced that again as this is hospitality for one another. And the better we get at it now, the better we'll be when we're with our guests. Um, And we only had a week of training this year versus our typical two weeks. So Mm -hmm. we put a lot in there. We spent a lot of time together. We had the health department come out and help us with our COVID presentation to them. Um, so they were there. I mean, Jacob and I, my my coworker here, presented those things to them from our perspective. But then we had the health department rep there to say, yes, that's awesome. Or let's clarify this and, and talk about it if anyone has questions. And that was super helpful. What uh, a great thing to um, have that kind of a relationship with the health department. So you're seeing them not as adversaries and they're seeing you not as adversaries, but seeing as partners in maintaining safe safety and good health. I attended a, a virtual board meeting with Flathead just as Flathead was making the decision about summer camp. And I remember there was a representative of the health department at that meeting is that person um, on the board or, or was that person simply, but is that person connected with Flathead through um, kids going to camp or coming to camp themselves or, or in some ways connected? Yeah, so she was a camper here her whole childhood. Oh. We didn't know that. And she's come for a couple of retreats with her family because they attend one of our churches. I had no idea she had been a camper as a child until this whole COVID thing started. (laughs) And Margie called and just said, we're just going to check in from the very beginning. You know, I'm the director at FLBC. There are a lot of camps in our county. So she just wanted to get her (laughs) name out there ahead of time and say, we're going to be asking you lots of questions. And this woman, Hillary, is so gracious and was so helpful. And right from the beginning, she told Margie, I was a camper there my whole life. And um, it really changed my faith and it's had a huge impact on me. And I want to help you all be able to do something, carry out your mission. Obviously, she was never going to advise us to do that if it was unsafe. <laughs> but um, she she was really, really helpful to have along for. And she was on our board meetings at nine o'clock at night. And um, that was a huge gift. So we've we've thanked her a million times. And I'm not sure we'll be able to ever repay her for that. But um She's been awesome. And her whole the whole department has been really, really helpful in answering every single question we send their way um, about what <laughs> to them probably seems so benign. But can we use napkin baskets instead of napkin, you know, containers? Like, yeah. they're probably like, who cares, you know, but we, we want to make sure we're doing it 
Right. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. And not, not every camp is going to have um, a person on the health board that went to camp at your camp. No. But the <laughs> takeaway from this is really work on that relationship and work on making it a friendly relationship and, and uh, you know, a, a cooperative relationship. So, wow. And I mean, the other big thing I, I heard you saying is that um, you, you just communicate, 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 and you got the word out to your summer staff, what was going on. They had an opportunity to opt out if they wanted to and opt out gracefully and communicate, communicate with the people who are using the camp and, uh, people coming to Flathead um, need to know that it's going to be uh, some different stuff going on than they've ever experienced, and this is why we're doing it. You're only a couple weeks into it now. If that, are you two weeks into it now? Are you? We're, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ten days. Have you already started thinking? Wow, next time around with this, we're going to do it different in this way. Mm. I bet you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, we've kind of been adjusting things as as we see things come up. So yeah. last week we had our traditional family camp and it's lots of families who've been coming for many, many years. And so we had to work really hard to break down some of those traditions or sort of traditional culture um, to make room for as much safety as we can. So kids, when they're sleeping out, for example, we had them sleep out with their age groups with people outside their families but they were outside, they were eight feet apart on their sleeping pads, um, little things like that, that we just hadn't totally projected would, would even happen. You know, we thought, well, they'll just stay with their families, but they had such a desire to be in community that we had to work through what will that look like so we can let them be in community safely. Yeah. And as far as like, as we go through the summer and making sure we have things going on to really fuel programming for these families, we've had to adapt and make sure that we can you know, take people sailing, um, take people out on our speedboat, take people into the woods as often as possible and making that available for them in a way that feels special rather than just asking them, what do you want to do? Offering and thinking through, okay, here's 10 new programming ideas that we can make COVID approved. Let's make it happen and put it out there for them and adjust. So we've gotten, <laughs> we've gotten there, but you know, so far working pretty well and we've gotten a lot of good feedback about at least how we're doing meals and how programming is happening. So I'm excited about that. I know we'll keep learning, but. Kyle, there's a number of camps, like I say, that haven't started yet to um, get as refined in their development of um, COVID-9 related procedures. Um, but they, do plan on um, getting things going for fall retreats and that type of thing, and they're working on that. Is there anything that you haven't yet mentioned that uh, that you feel would be important for those folks to uh, learn from what you have learned? I think the most important thing to do with your staff, especially for us, has just been to go into it with a clean slate, um, acknowledging that there will be some sadness about things not being the same as they always have been, um, acknowledging that guests will be feeling some of that sadness too, but recognizing that, like I said at the beginning, this is how we are caring for everyone in community and how can we be 
the best at Christian hospitality as we are striving to be. And as we often say, we are in camping. And I would just start from that baseline. Have a really intense, good conversation with your staff, whether that's programming staff who's there for the fall or your year-round crew. Um, Making sure they have that buy-in and then kind of launching from that. I think that's the only place you can start right now. And the other thing is just knowing that there are going to be things you have to make some sacrifices in that maybe feel different from what you had hoped about your camping season or your retreating season. But again, acknowledging that this is all to keep not only your guests safe, but your staff safe. That's been a huge conversation we've had is this is not just for our guests, but it's for for all of us to um, to make sure we can keep doing ministry in general. So um, you got to start from that jumping off point, I think. And you, you, you of course, um, talked about how invaluable a resource for local health department has been and having that relationship. Um, what other resources have been, from the outside, have been particularly helpful to you, such as, you know, has the ACA guidelines been really helpful? Has uh, CDC guidelines, or what's been most helpful to you as you've yeah. been through all of this? We have um, really relied on that ACA um, protocol that they put out too, just to help us shape the way that we wrote ours as far as what we need to put in there, how many different sides we need to look at. Um, That was super helpful. And then we spent a ton of time talking with our um, food service rep and our cleaning rep as well here about what products we should be using, the best way to take care of everything day to day, how to get those things, all that um, has been awesome. And we're really fortunate to have a doctor on our board too. Who did you say you 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 mean the the rep that sells cleaning supplies? Is that who you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they're um, connected to our food service representative, oh, so we sure. spend a lot of time in conversation with all with that cohort too about making sure we have enough of everything, um, and we can get refills when we need it. We have it all in line. We're using safe procedures, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then we have a doctor on our board who's been really, really helpful too. And your camp doctor. She's yeah, she's not our camp physician necessarily. She serves as a pediatrician and is on our board. And yeah. she has offered a ton of advice. Um, our camp pediatrician has also been really helpful. Um, they're really busy, so <laughs> her board doctor has been great. Um, but when when we think about the the kinds of knowledge and skill base that we would like to have on our boards of directors um that's certainly uh, having the medical field represented is certainly thing uh, through all of this i'm sure it's been like really challenging and really like in many ways an ordeal but kind of what's been fun about this yeah we've been talking with our staff about making room for grief and joy together and i want to make sure we don't lose the joy sometimes. Um, We have been feeling so, so filled by having people at camp. Um, Yes, it looks different. Yes, we're not singing inside anymore. We're not able to do the birthday song at breakfast. You know, those sorts of little camp traditions are changing. But we've seen our guests just needing community so badly. Some of them truly had not left their house for four months. And coming here, even though they're not hugging new people, even though they're not 
eating at tables with new friends or, or staying in cabins with new friends, the bridge that gets formed when they're outside on the courts or they're talking at the end of worship has still been so impactful and beautiful. And of course, this is all um, contingent on what's most responsible and safe for people. But I would just say that um, if you're able to make the space safely at your camp to have these moments, um, I would hope you would take that and and do it. It's been really, really awesome to have those folks have those experiences and to have Flathead be a safe place for them in a new way um, in this season has been cool. We had some first year campers next or last week that had never been here before and just had the best week ever. Um, even with all the, what we think is crazy and different and wild, they were still like, camp is amazing, you know, and that's the power of the spirit in this place that's really active. So I um, just encourage you to find joy. (laughs) I am so glad that you mentioned that because that's so important, especially for us outdoor ministry folks to remember that is that uh, this is meant to be an opportunity to experience the joy in life and the abundance of God's creation. So that's great. Um, have you heard the joke for today yet? I haven't watched it yet, no. Oh my, <laughs> my Don Johnson I, Daily. <laughs> I was on the way to the dump the other day and going down the road, I noticed this big pile of stuff on, on the on the roadway. And I, um, I stopped and what had happened, somebody had uh, a, a game of Scrabble had fallen out of their car or whatever onto the road. And <laughs> another guy stopped and came over and he looked at it and he said to me, so what's the word on the street? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So, Kyle, <laughs> with that, we're going to call this to a conclusion. I thank you so much sure. for taking the time to do this. I thank you so much for your ministry. Please extend to everybody at Flathead our gratitude for the ministry of Flathead. And we are all keeping you in our prayers, as I'm sure the people of Flathead are keeping outdoor ministry throughout the ELCA in their prayers. So thank you very much. Wish you all the best with everything that's going on there. And we will look forward to seeing at the end of the summer how it all went for you. Yes, thank you for your prayers of safety and health for everyone. And we will just keep doing our best and following the Spirit and holding on tight, I think. You got it. <laughs> Thanks, Take care, Thanks for listening to the only official Lutheran Outdoor Ministry podcast in the entire world. Until next time, check out the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries website or our Facebook page. So long for now from the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries World Headquarters. On behalf of Don Johnson... Have a wonderful day.